0: Gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. I'm your host, Paul J. Long, coming to you from the Fundamism Studio, and uh, part of which is supported by our friends over at Charlie Hustle, our proud sponsor. Close personal friends. I don't know that I would be whatever the hell I am right now without Charlie Hustle in my camp. So. Thank you to Charlie Hustle, and if you don't know anything about him, go to charliehustle.com to learn more. Speaking of individuals that just help make you better in life uh, and aligning with the right individuals, uh, I'm really stoked about today's guest, uh, a gentleman that takes great pride in educating folks on functional medicine, the holistic savage himself, Brendan Vermeier. Brendan Vermeier, what's good, brother?
1: What's up, man? Hey, it's, uh, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. I know we've got our bro flow that we, we've we got at the gym. And so this is, uh, it's been a long time coming. I have a feeling it'll be a fun conversation though.
0: Dude, you know, I'm so glad that was what I wanted to get into. We started having this conversation off air and so many awesome topics come up and I'm like, oh, I got to save it for the podcast. Very few times in, uh, and I just told you, I just posted the 90th episode Um, very few times has the the title of our podcast been revealed prior to the actual podcast being recorded. And you just nailed it, dude. Like every time that we chatted at the gym, you said, we got this bro flow going. I'm looking forward to the bro flow. So I feel like that's the title after Holistic Savage, aka the bro flow.
1: You know, it's, it's, life is all about an energetic compatibility, man. So like, you know, when you're serving that same wave and, and you got that flow going, you just, you just roll with it.
0: Mm. So speaking of roll with it, cause this is going to be a really easy discussion because you and I are very passionate about mental health, physical health, fitness, and and just doing right by your body and mind. Um, before we get too far down the path, one of the things that is super imperative to me and keeping your mind right is gravitating more towards the things that lift you up as opposed to the things that don't, a.k.a. fundamentalism, the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle. So, Bruno, what do you do for fun, my friend?
1: Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty... Laser focused, dude. So when I think of fun, like, you know, I, I like to move heavy objects, move my body. I like to be in nature. I like, uh, I like science a lot and more importantly, stumbling, falling down trippy rabbit holes. But, uh, honestly, like good conversations are what I really live for and thrive for. So that's where doing podcasting is such a passion project and, you know, sharing information that's worth spreading, you know?
0: That's where the bro flow starts, man. Like, first of all, great conversation. Obviously, we have that uh, in alignment. Uh, we connected at the gym, Lifetime Fitness, fitness and uh, I like to lift heavy objects. You said that like uh or aligns with uh, an old quote. I don't know what it was, like an SNL squid or, or skit or whatever it may be, but I, I just remember recall some meathead dude saying, "I pick things up and I put them down." Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it works, man. You know that that repetitive fashion of eh, it mind building, you know, so it's good.
0: So speaking of which, you know, uh, I know that we're all just human beings in life. And as a result, we have have behaviors that we're proud of, things that we do on a regular basis that align with our core values and help define our mission and life and purpose and all that jazz. And then we have things that we're not necessarily proud of. And so oftentimes when I go to the gym, I'm in it. For a sole purpose, and that's my own mental health and stability. So, with that, I'm listening to music, I'm dancing, acting a fool, I'm in my own little world, and I'm highly aware, Brendan, that that doesn't align with a lot of folks. However, occasionally you'll cross paths with people and they'll be in their own world, and you try not to do it. I know you try not to do it, I try not to do it, but every now and again you start to judge, right? You're like, "Hmm, I wonder what that dude's story is. gosh, that dude's got traps on traps on traps. Surely he doesn't do anything but pick things up and put them down. And so when I first saw you and you were connecting with uh, some of your clients up there, and I know that that's not your primary breeding ground for uh, client work, but it happens from time to time. I have seen you, gosh, 50 to 100 times and just never sparked up a conversation and then it starts to cross my mind. Like, why isn't that dude talk to me? And then I realized, well, why don't you talk to him? Then we start talking and all of a sudden, just the stars, you know, come together. They align, To use the same word a million times. And you're just uh, this dude that has so many layers to him. Tell me about like your journey through fitness and what it's meant to you.
1: Yeah, you know, that was a good setting the stage. And, you know, I think uh, certainly, you know, the judgment thing. Uh, uh, today, we live in this world of egocentrism on on overdrive. And, you know, I've kind of got this like evolutionary theory of of ego. And really, it's this primordial mechanism that ensures continuity, which is kind of this just fancy way of saying like, you know, we, we got to tame the ego a little bit because, hey, like sizing people up, whether that's sizing up a female for kind of that reproductive instinct or sizing up the, the other guy, like judgment is just part of the ego doing its job. So it's like, yeah, we, we, we try to observe the ego and, and respect it, right? And respect that is part of us and, and respect um, it has its place. But I think the biggest thing that people need to do to really set their souls free Become conscious of when their ego is is you know at the helm of the ship and controlling the trajectory of your life and and really kind of tap out of that survival minded uh, ego and and really drop down into the heart space and um you know kind of lead with that higher consciousness and so that's really where then you get the the actual connection and certainly you know the gym environment um, is a, a very egocentric environment that's kind of the whole point we're all pumping weights and. Uh, you know, it's, it's the ego pump of the day. Like it almost has nothing to do with muscles and just everything to do with, um, with, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I like to bark at people once in a while, like,
0: (laughs) you know, it it freaks them out and they don't know what to do. But, um, dude, you were like the nicest guy on the planet. I've never seen you do that. Like I always wanted to approach you, but I don't know why I did it. So you dude, you're just dropping just masterful nuggets in here. I'm taking uh, copious notes because you've had so many amazing quotes thus far, uh, and specifically, I love the fact that uh, ego has a, a negative connotation in life for many, right? Especially when it allows you or starts to drive outcomes in your life, as you stated. Uh, but but what you what I heard you say is, you know, when you when you respect the ego and you start to learn how to tame it, and uh, ultimately set that. That soul free, amazing, nicely done by tapping into the heart space. Uh, you could actually see some benefit from uh, identifying what you have, that ego and confidence that you have, and be able to navigate through it to ultimately connect with others. So dude, is this this has obviously been a journey for you. Um, and so we're talking about fitness right now, but when you when you align everything that you just said and the ego and heart space and setting the soul free, how did it how did it come to be that you got to be this emotionally intelligent? like is that obviously it's been a journey, but when did you find that it clicked for you?
1: Yeah, you know that's a good question because um you know some some like bullet point facts uh, like I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder and ADHD at the age of twenty one, mm-hmm. which is obviously really late, you know with, and we could get into I, I don't I'm not a fan of like diagnostic labels and whatnot, but Uh, You know, so as a kid, I always felt like the psychedelic sheep of the family. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Like, why does it seem like nobody sees or feels what I see or feel, you know, very kind of isolating sensation. And so, you know, through my teenage years and really young adult years, uh, I I struggled quite a bit with uh, just, you know, cognitive symptomology is more what the physiological what was going on, but then psychologically, spiritually, just not really understanding myself or, or why I was the way I, I was. And so, um, you know, I grew up doing combat sports, uh, karate, wrestling, MMA, Krav Maga. Uh, and I really found myself in those activities. And so the ideals of kind of the martial arts and the combat sports culture uh, was really, really profound for me. Now, certainly as a young, naive man, um, you know, I kind of fell into like the cliche, like, Oh, I need to be a GI Joe for a living. So I actually signed up for the Navy and, and enlisted in the Navy after high school for the SEAL program. Uh, cause I'm, I'm a pretty obsessive dude and, and I definitely, I have a fire lit under my ass. I have burning motivation always. And so I was like, yeah, uh, that's what I need to do. I need to be a real life superhero and like shoot terrorists and stuff. Um, so, you know, it, that that was kind of the early teenagers, you know, that was 18, 19. And um, with the Navy thing, I, I did actually enlist, signed a six-year Navy SEAL contract. Uh, long story short, four weeks in a boot camp, they found I had an inguinal hernia. And they're like, Oh, well, you need surgery. We have to remove you from training. Uh, it seems to be pre-existing, not our problem, medical discharge. And so just as quick as you know i got in i was i was spit out and so then that that was a really a low point cuz you know i'm just a young 18 19 year old man trying to make sense of life and figure out my purpose just like the next gangster uh, and so then uh, that's that's when i became a personal trainer but it was really in that phase of like man like who am i what am i what am i doing like what's my purpose and that's that's where it started and there was a, a lot more downhill before it started going up
0: Dude, so I want to get to the downhill. I want to talk about the uphill. I want to talk about everything. You're just so fascinated to me. Um, again, going back to you know what drives you and I, just this uh, this mental presence that you have and understanding not just who you are, but what made you such, and uh, being able to leverage that in your life to help others is is something that. Um, you come across in life, but not as often as you would like or appreciate. And then ultimately, when you find somebody that has the ability to articulate it as well as you do, just so you know, dude, I freaking latch on. So uh, this is not going to be the last conversation that we have. I want to unpack some things that you just said, because I'm certain that it, that that a lot of fundamentalism podcast listeners can relate. I felt like the psychedelic sheep of my family quoting that, love it. Why is it that nobody sees or feels what I do? Do you know how many times I or my brother or my my father, my mother, uh, anybody, my friends, my family, anybody in life, all of those with whom we interact at Lifetime Fitness have ever said that exact same thing and think that we're so different and what we're going through? Like, how did you... (laughs) Did you, did you ever come to the realization or is it still a battle that your family and friends maybe do see something similar that you, they just don't necessarily say it out loud or aren't as great at sharing their feelings?
1: Yeah, you know, ultimately, uh, I think we're all uh, individuals having an individual experience together. And ultimately, uh, I, I think there is a lot of emotional stuntedness uh, in the world. And, and I think people are so caught up in their monkey mind and their insecurities. I think people have kind of forgotten how to connect. And um, I think previous generations and uh, harder... Gen- you know, it's crazy to think like the Great Depression was only 100 years ago, which that just blows my mind to think of what life looked like in America back then versus what it is today. Wait, this isn't the Great Depression? Well, you know, it strikes again, right? You know, it strikes again. Uh, It always comes back in waves, I guess, every 100 years or something. But um, yeah, I think we were not at all prepared for uh, the modern lifestyle we've come into. And I think technology and information overload and uh, this virtual reality matrix that we largely live in today, we weren't prepared for it. And so you combine... Kind of, I see a lot of emotional stuntedness or kind of lack of communication or heartfelt connection from kind of the baby boomer generation. Uh, And then millennials, of course, are like maybe over communicating and over emotionally reactive and all these things. And so there's a huge disconnect there. And um, at the end of the day, everybody wants meaningful connection. We are all actually experiencing a lot of the same things. It's just Mm. a lot of it being emotionally available and and vulnerable. So, uh,
0: yeah. Man, we're all just individuals living our individual lives together. Um, when we think about your Navy SEAL experience, which I told you prior to, I never do research uh, going into uh, a conversation because I want to experience the guest as the Fundamism podcast listeners do. Um, that's something that did uh, shine brightly to me on your website was that you uh, were medically discharged from the Navy SEAL boot camp, and so. It, you know, universe is crazy. You bring it up. What I can't, what I can't understand is that's something, a hernia is something that could be fixed. Right. So surgery, mm-hmm. right. So you're just medically discharged and like, that's that, or there's not like a time frame where like they allow you to have surgery and recover and potentially, you know, come back. Like what's that story?
1: So yeah, you know, honestly, it's it's kind of refreshing to be asked that because I usually just kind of jump to the punchline and glaze over it. But the the details were a little bit more interesting. Where for one thing, I don't think people appreciate like it isn't that easy to get into the military. I mean, you have to have a, a completely clean record, nothing wrong with you physically, psychologically. I'm out a- a- anything. You know, yeah. And so like literally you get off the bus, you know, Great Lakes uh um where is that Illinois? And, uh, first thing you do is, is pee in a cup. And, you know, a lot of the people that get discharged, it's, you know, they, they pop on the piss test for weed or something. But, um, so, you know, a a lot of us did get medically discharged. I had a buddy in my division and he just woke up, you know, pissing blood one day and it was a kidney problem. So with an inguinal hernia though, I had had an inguinal hernia on the other side of my abdomen early high school so i I was kind of familiar with it i had had surgery to uh repair that and you know i wasn't necessarily surprised i was caught off guard but the reality is like they did all the medical screenings before we even left and i passed and it was fine but then i get there and they find one uh which i kind of had suspected but they had previously said no you're good like full steam ahead cool um, so then when they found it and basically implied, well, it's too early in a training. Did you hurt yourself? I'm like, well, I mean, I don't think so. Like, yeah, you work out hard every day, but nothing changed. So they deemed it pre-existing. So then what happens? You actually get pulled out of your uh training division. And the thing is, you haven't graduated from boot camp. So you're not even a sailor yet. You're you're a recruit. Um, you know, spec ops division eight zero six and the eight hundred divisions are the spec op guys. And I tell you what. Like even just wearing those fatigues and marching around on, on, on the grounds up there. um, Really cool feeling. You know, you do really feel like you're part of something bigger and and more significant, especially when, yeah, you know, the 800 divisions are like the jocks of of high school, you know what I'm saying? So um, there is that aura to it. And I did get to meet, you know, all these spec ops guys um, and they're just a different breed. You know, I've the craziest amount of respect for that community. Um, but ultimately, so they pull you out of your division and you're in what's called SEPs or separations, which is basically just a holding tank. Uh, and you still kind of have to like live the military lifestyle, but you have no purpose. Like you don't have a job, you have no purpose. So, you know, you wake up at the same time, you make your bed, you do chores, just like military grunt day-to-day stuff. But there's nothing to do. You know, you, there, there was like this weird arcade and, and people are just being dumb. So it's just a holding thing until they figure out what to do with you. And basically, you're presented with two options. You can either accept your fate and they're going to medical discharge you or or whatever kind of discharge, which can take, you know, three to four weeks to do all that paperwork. Or you can try to talk to a Navy lawyer on the uh, the campus or whatever To try to like fight your case and and try to make the petition to stay of like oh well this was not pre-existing and you know this is your problem and you do need to do surgery on me here now but then you start thinking about well even just that legal process could easily take six to twelve months and so you're going to be miserable and purposeless in kind of military purgatory you know for that whole span of time just to fight your case and even then it's not guaranteed so I pretty much. Which you know, I, I at the time was a very high functioning depressed person. I just didn't even really recognize it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was miserable, so I accepted my fate and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go home, have surgery, and get right back in. Um, and so I literally, I got home from boot camp. I had surgery within ten days. I was back in the gym like literally the next day that I that I got home. And I did spend about a year trying to get back in. Um, but it is hard just to get in the first time, especially the Spec Ops division. But then it's like in a circumstance like that where you have a medical discharge and then you have to get a medical waiver and you have to get your recruiter who doesn't care, you know, recruiters or salesmen just going for numbers like they don't care. Mm -mm. Um, So nothing was happening. So the real story is honestly, I was working at the gym, folding towels, scrubbing toilets, um, trying to get back into the spec ops. And I spent about a year doing that. And honestly, I just got so depressed that it got to a point where I needed to, do something and kind of move on. So that's actually when I got certified as a trainer and jumped into a health and fitness professional career. And here we are 10 years later.
0: I literally heard you say that you waded through shit uh, to get to where you are today, including cleaning toilets. So uh, related to this, you you mentioned that you are a high-functioning, depressed individual. Uh, I learned something about you that you said in passing to me at the gym. The other day, when I talked about vulnerable moments, and uh, you know, said so a lot. A lot of people don't know this, but you know, th- there was a time where I actually contemplated not being here anymore. Uh, was that around this time that you're talking about when you were going through all this stuff with the military and the hernia and trying to define your purpose? Yeah.
1: So. You know, uh, I really work and operate in the functional medicine, holistic health space these days, you know, started background fitness and, and nutrition. Um, and so a lot of people know me professionally for, you know, being really good at reading lab tests or knowing a lot about metabolic science. And that's all great, believe me. Uh, but that's the what, not the why. The why is I am just very passionate about mental health, which you know, then gets into a bigger conversation about metabolic health. And the the thing is, there's such a stigma and and taboo aura that hangs over the topic of mental health. And it is so destructive to making progress because when you actually look at the epidemiological studies or the clinical research and just what we actually know uh, about depression, you know, it becomes... uh, It really is like an epidemic pandemic in a a silent one at that where, uh, you know, America is by far the largest consumer of psychiatric drugs. We're one of two countries in the world where big pharma is allowed to directly market pharmaceuticals to the public through, you know, advertisements. Um, Suicide was actually the second leading cause of death for ages 10 to 34 in 2017 and the 10th leading cause of death for all Americans. Suicide which more so than homicide. So like we're killing ourselves way more than we're killing each other. And especially for that 10 to 34. And I almost contributed to that statistic because in uh, when was that? 2014. So the Navy thing was more like 2011-ish. But then it was early 2014, I did actually do an intentional overdose on my uh, antidepressant drugs, and I woke up three days later breathing out of tube in the intensive care unit. So, um, it's a huge thing, and and I have gotten very just open and candid on the subject because, hey, I mean, it's just one of those. I've lived through it. I'm good. I'm rock solid. This needs to be shared. This needs to. Uh, there needs to be a lot of education and awareness. And hey, I mean, somebody's got to do it. So I'm just kind of taking it upon myself, I suppose.
0: Dude, and it's so refreshing because. Um as evidenced by the statistics, right? 2017, 10 to 34, uh, highest, uh, you know, rate of death was suicide, but 10th overall, um, this is something that, that we all struggle with is, Mm -hmm. is mental stability, mental health, and, you know, getting out of our head. You mentioned a phrase earlier that I just heard for the first time, um, today on a post that I had And the subject was getting out of your head. It was a video that I did, you know, this, this inner dialogue that we tell ourselves and we can, thanks man. But we convince ourselves as an external reality, but it's just this inner dialogue, right? So this negative self-talk, whatever it may be, and somebody posts on LinkedIn on the video. You know, uh, battling my monkey mind is something that I'm really working on uh, emotionally through this year. And then you just referenced it again, monkey mind. I had never heard it before. The universe is undefeated, my friend. Uh, and so it's interesting how all this stuff kind of comes together. As we talk about your experience in, in mental health, and what's funny is it never goes away. Like uh, your, your ability to battle. Both pros and cons, and, and, and positive and negative thoughts in your mind, it's a constant battle. It'll never go away, right? And so it's almost like the same concept of embracing your ego uh, to understand what you are and who you ha- what you have and all that stuff, but not allowing it to dictate your outcomes. I, I would say the same, or it's very similar to the concept of mental health. The reason why I bring all this up is because it is very taboo. And I have a lot of individuals in my life that struggle with mental health. Uh, One individual that literally has a bullet uh, with his name engraved on it. Uh, Individuals in my life that will not come out of the house, that had to retire from a very uh, respectable job, six figures and uh, awesome retirement benefits and everything because they just got so much social anxiety that they couldn't be around people anymore. So now they are hermits in their respective homes. And so that that kind of um, created for me this concept of fundamism or the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle. And so I really want to dig in a little bit deeper on this topic with you because now it's going to allow us to progress into what you do now and Mm. and how our philosophies are similar. Um, And I'm hoping that you'll challenge me considerably, Brendan. I'm giving you Uh, An open door uh, into pushing on me, Mm -hmm. because this concept of fundamentalism is all about gravitating more towards what lifts you up, as opposed to the things that don't. And in my experience with individuals in my life, including my own mental health, at times when we're battling things in our head or or we have these really really dark days, it's easy to lay in bed or just scroll through social media or you know just sit on the couch and and wallow in self pity. Mm -hmm. And so the concept of fundamentalism is like, how do you force yourself up physically and mentally to do something different, to change your environment? A lot of people have said, so aren't you just sweeping your problems under the rug, Paul? Like you're not really addressing your problems, which is not what the intent is. Mm -hmm. I believe that you have to embrace these learning opportunities, um, really reflect and, and be introspective of what's going wrong in your life and what you could do to grow from it. But it's the length of time in which we allow ourselves to stay in that rut that I'm challenging. So talk to me a little bit about your idea of how to combat negative uh, thoughts or uh, promote stronger mental health.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, mental health is such a huge thing. And so I always, when I'm kind of tackling subject immediately... Try to help people understand. We we have to look at it like a yin yang of you've got the physiology and the psychology, um, because like for me growing up, there's there's more of the psychological, um, esoteric, you know, introspective side of mental health and, and self healing, and of course there's the the very like literal kind of black and white physiological metabolic, and at least for me when I was younger. You know, I just never felt the way I wanted to feel. I, I didn't feel like I was experiencing the same sensation of joy and excitement and happiness that it seemed like I saw around me. Uh, in in anybody that has struggled with depression, can tell you it's it's almost it's it's like this this heavy dark weight that just hangs on you and it just weighs you down. Or you know, your vision it's like you're wearing dark sunglasses inside. Everything's just kind of dark, right? And so the thing is, it's like well. Man, is it that I just have a really crappy outlook on life, or I have a bad attitude, or victim mentality, or all these things? So I do really like the physio- uh, physiology of it, which you know, if you know a lot about uh, metabolic health and science, that's the easy part, fortunately. And and so actually, my post today was about how you know inflammation drives depression, and we really know through the literature that depression and really kind of any mental health disorder is primarily a, an inflammatory disorder, really not much different than cardiovascular disease or diabetes or autoimmunity, neurodegeneration, so on and so forth. So it really becomes kind of this... Um, when you look at it through that lens, it becomes a much more simple conversation of, okay, well, we know chronic inflammation is, is really kind of the quote-unquote root cause of all chronic conditions and diseases. So then it's like, well... Let's figure out what's promoting inflammation in your body, which then makes it a lot easier. And and we can almost summarize that by saying, you know, a kind of a holistic, healthy lifestyle, which we could define later or something. Uh, But then what are the primary drivers of inflammation, of food sensitivities and microbial imbalances and toxins? And then before you know it, you look at the standard American lifestyle, the standard, the, the modern Western lifestyle, and you just see like everything about it is inflammation inducing and promoting now. So with the right, like kind of functional medicine, metabolic know-how that actually is kind of easy. The harder part is the psychological side, the, the introspective side Mm. uh, because nobody, nobody like David Goggins says a lot, how life is like psychological warfare that we didn't have training for when we came into this world. Mm. And especially as soon as you're out of the womb, you're, domesticated by, you know, caretakers and peers. And you get spit out into the adult world, not knowing who you are, not knowing what you want or what you stand in. You have this belief system that shapes your perspective of reality. And that belief system isn't even yours. It was domesticated and planted into you, or into your psyche. So what you have to do is, in my opinion, kind of just demolish it, like destroy everything you think, you know, tear down that that faulty belief structure that is leading you to uh, hedonically pursue a life that you don't even know you want. And you don't even know why you're pursuing it. So a lot of it kind of comes back to that like, oh shit, that self-awareness. But as you can see, it gets really, really messy because we're talking about some serious, you know, ego, introspection, self-work. But then you mix in all this just physiological stuff that is changing your chemistry. Chemistry changes behavior. Behavior changes chemistry. So then, before you know it, you just don't even know which way is up. But you just know you feel miserable. Gosh,
0: dude, we are uh, we're gonna do some work together. I could tell it. I could feel it already. Um, I just I get so excited because the, the, you know mental health is such a driving force in so many individuals' lives. And um, you know, I recently read a statistic uh, from the World Health Organization that mental health conditions are up. Thirteen uh, percent over the course of the last ten years. Well, that's not even counting the pandemic and mm-hmm. you know, all this isolation and the economy and all that stuff and the political, you know, nonsense. Mm-hmm. And it's not even counting all of that stuff that's going on right now. So it is my belief, and I hope it doesn't end up being the self fulfilling prophecy that you know, as we come out on the other side of this thing, that. We're going to see this mental health, uh, these conditions, just really take its toll or their toll on society. And so, individuals like you are going to be highly successful in helping individuals identify that joy, fun, and fulfillment in their life, Brendan. So, can we like? Uh, it is. I, I want you to be very specific with me. Do you feel like mental health? Obviously, there's a DNA component, right? There's mm-hmm. psychological, you know, all the stuff that you talked about. The way that we're born, the experiences in life, the belief systems that have been created in your life—I love uh, then the physiological piece that you put on it. Uh, I've never heard anybody say this. It's awesome to me. Depression is a an inflammatory disorder, and so you know I can't help but listen to you say that. I've told you this before. I eat like dog shit, like. I'm constantly on the road, as you are too, uh, and so I'm constantly eating McDonald's or Wendy's or whatever it may be. And of course, I know a lot of people can relate to this. You, you ingest that stuff, and then you feel like crap. Like you don't just like physically feel like crap. Like your mind goes to stupid places, and you feel like a lack of worth, and 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 you start to be. You just challenge your own mindset. So that makes a lot of sense. That if indeed there is a, there's some uh, parallel to uh, inflammation, that the terrible food that I put into my body plays a role in how I feel mentally. this is a whole long runway to ask you, do you feel like mental health, even in its uh, most enhanced uh, subjects, do you feel like it's something that could be solved for? Do you think it's something that can be uh, grown or um, or improved? with the right uh, medical, physical, mental, you know, medicine?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But not with the way that our healthcare system is trying to practice medicine. You know, the the funny thing with, you know, kind of conventional medicine versus or compared to in contrast with, you know, alternative functional holistic medicine, honestly, that's picture is very similar to politics. You've got the, the, the far right and kind of the radical left. And ultimately, you know, the dominant Republican way of operating, it works, but if that goes too far, it kind of flirts with fascism, you know, and, and that far left kind of keeps it in check. Like far left is never what's really winning or, or leading, but it helps balance out so that Spectrum doesn't, you know, teeter-totter too far in the wrong direction. And in a way, it's very similar with conventional and and functional medicine. Because I wholeheartedly, you know, I am very, you know, well um, kind of uh, implanted into the functional medicine world. And yeah, I think there's a lot of silly stuff going on. I think there's a lot of sensationalism and confirmation bias. And I would almost say that the industry as a whole gets more things wrong than right. Um, and then what you kind of see happen is it's more the alternative functional holistic people. Well, actually that's not even true. It's the scientific researchers that are blazing new trails and doing really cool studies. And then it's the, you know, alternative holistic people that go digging into that stuff and try to kind of spin this theoretical story of like, wow, this is a really important thing that we're totally ignoring. And, you know, gosh, conventional medicine is so dumb for not acknowledging this sort of thing. Like that's the The cliche argument but then once something has become just scientifically irrefutable out of kind of the alternative space well then conventional just kind of grabs it and says like oh yeah like we knew that and yeah like that's that's part of it but make sure you take your pharmaceuticals first
0: so like even i gotta make my money exactly
1: (laughs) and you know we could certainly talk for hours about sick care versus health care and that and that whole paradigm um And unconscious consumerism. So a fun fact is, uh, you know, we're spending about $3.6 trillion per year managing chronic disease as as a nation. Uh, Managing, you know, I say managing, not curing, because it's like the statistics continue to get worse year by year. Life expectancy for the first time in human existence is going down. You know, chronic disease statistics are just going up and up and up. Uh, and it's costing our nation more and more money, putting us further and further into debt. And you look at that, but then we only spend about $1.5 trillion on agriculture. And you're looking at the agriculture industry and actually a fun thing, uh, Russia is devoted to becoming an exclusively organic nation by 2025. So like the next space race, in my opinion, is the agriculture industry because we've completely exported agriculture out of our country. And so, you know, it's like, well, what's making us sick at the end of the day? I mean, there's a lot of things, but food, I would say, is the primary driver. And so it just doesn't make sense that we don't invest into, you know, producing quality, real food from the earth to feed our nation. But then we spend, you know, three times as much managing the clinical outcomes of those choices. Right. So, yes, you know, absolutely. I do not consider depression a a disease or disorder disorder. I don't like the idea of, oh, well, what's the proper diagnosis of this disease state and how do you treat it? How do you cure it? It's so myopic. It's so reductionistic. Uh, And so when you look at things through more of a holistic evolutionary systems biology lens, it makes a lot more sense. Um, So yeah, when it comes to mental health, I, I really believe that, you know, sure, pharmaceuticals can help. I'm not saying not. You know, I've been on many different psychiatric drugs and they all played a part, but now today I'm healthier than ever and medication-free. Um, and so it's just like, we will not be successful as a collective so long as we attempt or continue to try to medicate in our and cut our way out of what's clearly a, a lifestyle and uh, environmental-driven pandemic. So we have to radically change the way we operate with uh, healthcare.
0: So speaking of radically changing the way that we've operated, One of the things that has long been on my to-do list or my pie-in-the-sky you know, items that I would like to tackle um, but don't necessarily know where to get started or understand that it's going to be a huge undertaking, so as a result, I've never taken the first step, Um, is that I want to do something like documentary style where mental health obviously is taboo. Uh, A lot of people are struggling, right? We're going to see the worst of it before it gets any better. And I mentioned many individuals in my life that that struggle with it, and uh, one of which, very candidly, was my father, uh, who is no longer with us. But he fell into that three point six trillion dollars uh, in spend of just managing chronic illness. So he had, you know, a, a degenerative disc disease, which is essentially a fancy term for arthritis in his back, um, didn't necessarily. Take care of himself. Like as a result, he still ingested terrible food, never did any exercise, never tried physical therapy, and just became addicted. And he always had an addictive personality, but he just became addicted to uh, morphine and opiates and all that stuff. And so, the last ten years of his life, Brennan, were were miserable. I mean, just he, he never slept in anything but a recliner uh, because he couldn't lay flat on uh, his back. Uh, he would be up for 48 hours at a time and then sleep for 72 hours at a time. He could hold a coherent conversation. And, you know, I see that many people are hearing that today on the Fundamism podcast. You've probably heard me say it before. And they could either relate themselves or know somebody in their life that can relate as well. So ultimately, I've long had this idea that I want to do a documentary. And I want to challenge that belief system of individuals that really struggle in their head. And I actually, uh, I approached my brother uh, to potentially be a subject for this documentary. And I talked to him about a year and a half ago. And maybe just maybe you're the guy that's going to help me do it. But uh, I've long wondered if indeed these individuals who struggle considerably in their head all the time were subjected to the right foods, uh, the, the right ideas in terms of, I ask you what's the best thing that happened to you today and you said, it was a shitty day. Everything terrible has happened to me and only me. And I say, well, that, that sucks, Brendan, because you know, one of the best things that's happened to me today is having you on the podcast. Like It's been amazing. You've offered me a lot of value. Look at all the notes that you've allowed me to take today. And as a result, you smile and you say, well, actually, Paul, that's the best thing that's happened to me today. And so what just happened in that, in that dynamic or that phenomenon was uh, we created an epiphany moment for you to say, you know what, maybe my day wasn't so shitty after all. Here's my point. If indeed uh, we immerse ourselves with uh, the right things, and, and who am I to define what right and wrong is, but what I'm talking about is uh, positivity and, uh, and forward-thinking mental health and what's working as opposed to what's not could that fundamentally start to change your thought process? What are your thoughts on that that phenomenon? Do you think that's a possibility? Uh, is that something that you've ever heard, seen, or done before?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're spot on. And, and so that's where kind of more looking at like the psychology and, and kind of neuroscience side of it. Like I said, you know, biochemistry changes behavior, behavior changes biochemistry, and so that's why I think it has to be a dual approach. You know, I, I know some amazing functional medicine providers that they're great with, you know, the metabolic physiological side of it, uh, but you know, they don't know how to effectively coach or guide somebody or work on the psychology or introspection, um, and that's where you know, kind of classic trauma therapy, which you know, we're we're learning and. Uh, very interested in trauma these days. And we are seeing how trauma changes, you know, the gray matter uh, through the neuroplastic model. So what you're talking about, the neuroplasticity, right? So, uh, you know, thoughts become things. That's kind of the classic phrase. But the, the more up-to-date phrase that I really like is thoughts become proteins, right? So we're all kind of very fixated with epigenetics and genetic expression, which we're really learning like, oh, well, you know, the genes are, are the blueprint, not the destiny. And it's really more your lifestyle and environment that alter genetic expression and alter what proteins and machinery your body is making physiologically. And so with neuroplasticity, I think understanding the concept is extremely empowering because rather than, oh, I'm just playing like Jedi mind tricks on myself and trying to be positive, even though I don't feel positive, which, you know, that that doesn't get you very far but when you do start understanding well hey actually my my brain the the neuron wiring which there are more neuronal connections in our brain than there are you know stars in the galaxy they le- they like to say and the reality is our brain and, and neural networks are shaped by our thought patterns that we do regulate and have control of so then before you know it it becomes like hey you know if I want you know big biceps okay I go to the gym and and do some curls to Understanding the body operates on the the principle of specific adaptation to imposed demand. So, if you are allowing yourself to always, you know, see the dark side and focus on the negative side, you are quite literally, you know, strengthening those neural networks. And there's all these neurotrophic factors that will stimulate neurogenesis and uh, create like qu- just the same as we create stronger neuron communication to the the muscles. Same idea with the neurons. So. To your point, no, you're exactly right. When we choose our outlook, when we are self-aware and conscious enough to observe our patterns and behaviors and choose a different narrative, choose a different pattern, choose a different behavior, we do start rewiring our brain. So uh, I think it's very empowering. And then you start feeling like, oh, I'm in control of my brain just as much as I'm you know, in control of my muscles and physique.
0: Mm. Dude. You know there's been two times on the fundamentalism podcast where I had a guest that I realized very early on that I was in way over my head in terms of just intellectual stimuli. Uh you um the other individual that did it for me was John McGraw and hearing him talk and then now you talk like I can't help but like literally get teared up with joy because what you guys are effectively doing and have effectively done is you guys are talking about the science uh, and the real, the real tangible stuff and statistics that supports uh, what I've been trying to accomplish with fundamism. Like my stuff is just like more like, I'm just going to go out and show you what it's like. I'm going to do the coaching and ask you the right questions to get you to self-discover and promote some examples and all that stuff. But what you guys are doing is you guys are freaking rolling your sleeves up and you're digging in and you're saying, yeah, but here's why. Like this is all the data and this is all the research that supports why Doing things that make you smile, or ingesting the right foods, or getting out and being physical is actually going to help your mental stability and, and mental wellness. So, dude, I'm just uh, first of all, I'm so appreciative and in awe of what you have to offer. Um, talk to us a little bit about your clients now. So, first of all, you're the you're the founder of Metabolic Solutions, which I couldn't help but but look at that and think, dude, good on you! Like, that's pretty amazing. Th- those are pretty common terms. And you have the uh, you have the URL and you've uh, managed to really find your niche in that space. So if I want to book you as a speaker, educate my team, or even work with you independently, what's your process? What is it that you actually do with folks?
1: Yeah. Well, to um, back up and touch on what you said for just a second, which was so endearing and, and it means a lot. You know, and, and I appreciate what you're saying, but on that note, like I am a very evidence-based guy, and and I do just love science, and and yeah, I mean, obviously, um, science is very important. However, I think we're we're so disconnected from reality uh, as a species, and I think we're so disconnected from the innate wisdom that is harbored in our soul stuff. And so, you know, I can get a little bit textbook and and whatnot. And, and I love that stuff. But again, like that's the what, not the why. And right. so, you know, we shouldn't need scientific studies to believe in our inherent truth and that innate wisdom. And, and I think we're so disconnected today. And, and the more we immerse ourselves in this virtual reality matrix that's now even more profound with social isolation and whatnot, uh, it's it's an unlearning process. Let's get back to understanding what we are, which is where, you know, like nature immersion and go connect with the natural world, go connect with other living organisms and, you know, realizing we are all connected to something much bigger than ourselves. And I think the most depressed people are the people that have really forgotten that. They've gotten really yes. isolated within themselves.
0: Yes. Um,
1: so they need to kind of reconnect with everything going on around them.
0: So, so Brendan, before we get into holistic savagery and functional medicine and your process and metabolic solutions, uh, this is a topic that obviously is very near and dear to my heart. And what you just said... Um, obviously, it's it's very common sense oriented. Like when you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling anxious, you feel isolated, you feel alone. And as a result, you start to hole up a little bit more. Like I just had this conversation with, with my brother and he was like, dude, when I'm going through it, like I don't want to subject everybody to it. So I literally lay in bed and I pull the covers over my head and I, I don't want everybody else to feel what I'm feeling. And so admirable, I appreciate you not wanting to subject others to it. But it's counterproductive because as a result, now you're just alone in your thoughts and you're more and more isolated and you're not doing things to challenge yourself and your mindset. So um, what what really hit me like a ton of bricks and what you just said is when I first started out as a speaker, I didn't have a lot of scientific or statistical-based stuff because newsflash, Brennan, that's not this guy. Like I get lost in the details. And I had a Speakers Bureau representative, uh, owner that said, you know, you should think about adding more statistics into your speech. And I know that there's all different personalities. Like I know that that there are people that thrive in details and statistics, the owls that, that need supporting evidence to justify whatever it is they're hearing or or I'm saying. But to, to your point, in where we've kind of fallen on our face, I don't think I need statistics to convince people that when you're doing something that makes you smile, when you're doing something that makes you happy. When you're connecting with somebody at a deeper level through a genuine and authentic interaction, then maybe just maybe all the shit that doesn't feel good isn't as prevalent in your life. Does it still exist? Yes. But is it consuming your mental space? No, because mm-hmm. in that moment, you're consumed with joy. You're thinking about things that lift you up. And that, at its root, is what fundamentalism is all about. So, dude, you got me hyped, Like This is... I want to. You want to go lift some things, some heavy yeah, stuff. Yeah, man.
1: You want to do some karate in the garage, man. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, hey, man. You can't spell functional without fun. So I, there you know, I was <laughs> saving that one for the end. But uh, no, that's why I, I really like what you're doing, and and you know, I, I so appreciate every all, all your kind words. But that's the thing. I mean, I'm right there with you. Uh, it, it really comes back to. Fun and and enjoying this beautiful gift that is life that we're all given and not getting too uh, stuck in our own heads and making everything so heavy and and serious all the time. That's why, like, I, you know, I like to call myself your functional health bro, is, you know, there's a lot of people like, oh, I'm an expert, I'm an expert, and it's like, whatever, but I don't like to take myself too seriously. I don't like to take life too seriously because it definitely can be and it can. Mm -hmm. It can be tragic. It can be hard. It can be devastating. But uh, it can also be a lot of fun and really beautiful if you allow it to be. You
0: know. Yes. And sometimes, not lost upon me, you need help. Yeah. Sometimes you need help in identifying what that is. Sometimes you need help in coaching you through things. Sometimes you need help in in asking the difficult questions to create these moments of self discovery. And that's where you, as this this health professional, uh, can help really promote not just mental health, but physical health. So talk to us about, uh, metabolic solutions, your process and what you do for your clients.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're all over the internet. We've got metabolic solutions, And yeah, I, I do love my business name up there. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, uh, once I got it, I was like, I, I better snag that now because, yeah. uh, it's just <laughs> gold, you know, but, um, so we've got our website, we're on Facebook and LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, it's the holistic savage, but. Uh, we do a lot of things we we train professionals and so that's the thing I, I'm only one guy so actually my primary focus is educating other health professionals on how to do you know what I do uh, and then of course we we serve private clients we do speak engagements at a lot of conferences and whatnot so you can always reach out at info at metabolic solutions or check us out online but a lot of free resources too a lot of just education to get the word out you know
0: well you know you're you're a um If you're listening to the Fundamism podcast and you're wondering how to differentiate yourself in whatever space that you're working in or living in, uh, Brendan just did something um, in a manner that could really connect with a lot of potential clients or individuals. You may have noticed that in conversation, uh, he had all these little... nuggets of, of knowledge and wisdom and gold and experience backed up with statistical facts and theory. And, 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 he, and he, he ignited my passion, as you probably heard in my voice. And then I asked him to tell us about his process and his business. And he was like, oh, well, you can learn more about it online. Uh, and that's the humble nature of you, Brennan. I know several folks that have worked with you Uh, one of which was actually a previous guest on the Fundamism podcast who was going through the struggle at one point in time, Miss Kim Botter. Uh, And you helped her identify that she had some problems with gut health and really kind of turned her, as a result of getting her gut health right, got her mental health right. So um, you do a lot of awesome things uh, outside of just the speaking realm, which I know has been flipped and turned upside down uh, to quote, Will Smith from the Prince of Bel-Air. Um, what are you doing right now to generate revenue now that you don't have the the speaking engagements?
1: Yeah. I mean, quarter one was, was all conferences and, and speaking to doctors and stuff like that. And then, you know, quarter two went out the window real quick. So we actually uh, took a hard pivot and we gave away, we have this free, uh, well, it's Shouldn't be free, but we gave away this free program. That's the the eight week holistic savage challenge program, which is literally just a eight week crash course in uh, the fundamentals of a holistic lifestyle. And the funny thing is, I created that program because um, I've done you know coaching for so many years, and I, I love it. It's very fulfilling, but it is you know it's heavy, it's exhausting. You're especially when you're empathetic, you really take on a lot of their stuff. So I kind of created it of like, look, just go take the crash course and how to live a healthy lifestyle. And if you're still having problems, let's do some lab testing and, and dig deeper because it doesn't uh, like functional medicine as an industry tends to overcomplicate the details and underemphasize the fundamentals. Hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, we gave away that free program. We had 130 people go through it. Uh, and that was just kind of, uh, I knew I wouldn't see a dollar back on that. I just, uh, that was our way of giving back and, then we also launched our clinical mentorship program, which starts today, actually. So we've got a small group of functional practitioners that I'm privately mentoring for six months to teach them the ways, you know, and, and have that many more professionals that can do this stuff. Take
0: pebble from hand, young grass hopper. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Listen, uh, you know this, dude. Um, so you had 130 plus register, take the course. You said, I probably won't see a dollar from it. You might see a whole lot of dollars from it. You know, I think that the... Oftentimes we look at the immediate returns in the short and midterm, right? And we don't necessarily understand. We justify it and it feels great. You know, we put good out into the universe, but you did it without the idea of reciprocity. And as a result, I guarantee you, dude, somebody was exposed to you that wants to learn more that Mm -hmm. is going to tell somebody else. Uh, and, and, you know, energy begets energy. So you throw good stuff out and it, it will come back so long as you're not expecting it to. So, uh, I want to leave folks with something real and tactical that they could do to improve their um, their their quality of life, whether it's mental health, uh, physical health, whatever it may be. And uh, you just said that this course was really based on the fundamentals of a holistic lifestyle, dude. It's like I mean, I feel like the the fun and optimistic lifestyle, the holistic lifestyle, like you and I. I feel like we're kind of we're kind of brothers. Like this <laughs> yeah. is the bro flow.
1: Yeah, yeah. The bro flow is legit. It's real, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Basically
0: what I'm saying is you have my heart uh, and you had yeah, it I'll hello. Take uh, it. I'll
1: take it. I'll hold on to that thing. Keep it near and dear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So this is going to put some pressure on you. If, if we were to challenge folks to do one thing uh, today as a result of this discussion that wanted to improve their mental health or their physical health, or get to a stronger place in their holistic journey, what would you advise? What would you say they could do?
1: You know, I I honestly, it's obviously, it's a tough thing, because there's so many different dynamics that we've been touching on. But it all really starts with awareness and radical ownership, I think. Uh, And I I think radical ownership is something that's kind of grossly missing from today's world a little bit. We would rather you know, point the fingers externally of like, well, it's not my fault. It's this or that, or this happened to me. Victim mentality, and I feel like a lot of people kind of choose to drown in two feet of water when it's like, you know, if you just stood up and practice a little ownership, and and hey, honestly, that's it's it's easy to say, but it, it's hard to do because yeah. that that ownership really means like you got to go stare yourself in the eye and get like brutally honest with yes, yeah. and it's uncomfortable. Brutally it's, it's, it's the most uncomfortable thing a human can do, which is why they would much rather, you know, like, for example, in functional medicine, people would much rather run $3,000 of lab tests. So that way they can put the blame on the lab tests. Like, well, it's not my fault that my life is what it is. It's because, you know, I have this autoimmunity or I have this parasite or this toxin is messing me. It's not my, you know what I mean? And then emotionally, psychologically, they do the same thing. So it's like, Radical ownership, brutal honesty, and get to work.
0: You know, well, and going back to a point that you made earlier, our healthcare system has not necessarily done a great job in creating the dynamic that you're talking about as well. Because, mm-hmm. in order for an insurance, in order for you to get some of the treatments that you need, well, we have to identify what your root cause is, and so as a result, we got to do three thousand dollars worth of lab tests and you know all that stuff. So this is just an interesting dichotomy and uh, and a little peek behind the curtain as to what really goes on behind the scenes. And of course, this is just two dudes' opinions. One uh, backed by a lot more statistical and factual stuff than the other. But, uh, you know, dude, I just, I had a, a moment just now where I was picturing, you took me to a moment where you created a picture in my head, where somebody's drowning and they just cannot. And you're like, dude, just stand up. Like, just stand up. That's all I gotta do. So um, lastly, man, I, I'm toying around with with titles for this. The Bro Flow is there, Metabolic Solutions, the Holistic Savage. Dude, this, this concept of radical ownership, that's phenomenal. Like I love mm. it's so, it's so loud, radical ownership. I love that concept. So thank you for giving it to us. If people want to learn more about you, obviously you shot it up the website. You got your own podcast. What's the title of the podcast? The Holistic Savage? Holistic Savage Podcast. Man, yeah. we can find that where?
1: and Anywhere that you can listen to a podcast, pretty much. It's on all platforms. I love it, man.
0: Well, guys, uh, if this didn't pique your interest, I don't know what will. Uh, This gentleman is a phenomenal follow on the IG. Uh, listen to the podcast, go check out uh, metabolic solutions. Uh, And ultimately he mentioned that he was a psychedelic sheep. I think that if you follow him on the gram, uh, you'll find that he's really into the psychedelics, Uh, lots of tie dye, lots of crazy colors going on. I think there's some black lights in there. You're (laughs) a guy that literally lives what you say. So I appreciate you being on today. Thank you very much, Brendan.
1: Hey, man. It was absolute honor. I'll be looking forward to round two when I get you on my podcast, and we might have to do a, a documentary. I was just toying with that idea the other day, actually. And I'll expect your next video, though, to be uh, at the pool. Uh, the red shorts you got to have. Maybe speedo you could pull it off. And I want like existential lifeguard written on the big buoy thingy, the floaty device. Yes. And you got to be like sprinting to go save somebody that's that's face down in the baby pool. <laughs> That's your next video.
0: (laughs) Yes. What a great idea. Uh, Side note, be ready for the, so I got the fruity fundamentals going on right now. So I just got a samurai sword uh, and it's the sharpest thing I've ever felt, dude. And I cut out of mid air, every piece of fruit that you could imagine. And it culminated with a two liter bottle of Dr. Pepper that was thrown to me. And I cut it sliced straight through it like butter, dude. It was so amazing. But Ultimately, I love your idea. I'm going to take you up on that. Guys, go check out Brendan. This guy's amazing. Uh, take radical ownership. And in closing today, uh, when we think about radical ownership, fun is within your grasp. I'm not trying to define it for you. I'm trying to reveal the opportunity that you have to figure out what it looks like for you. So go out, create some fun in your life today. Challenge others to do the same. And until we catch you on the flip side, this is...